Hello, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks. And we're here in Boise, Idaho at the tattoo shop. Shoot, shit. Eating tacos. Tacos. Talking shit. Tacos, tacos, as Gordon Ramsay says. Huh. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> he is, but uh, rich as fuck. Anyway. Oh, yeah. If I was good enough cook, I'd freaking try for Hell's Kitchen. Just for the experience, even if I kicked off the first night. I'd be like, I'd be walking out like, fuck yeah, I got kicked off Hell's Kitchen. And I, didn't get a, and, and I didn't even get a shirt, bro. It'd be fun. It'd be fucking fun for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I, I had to wonder, I mean, those motherfuckers have to be paid a little bit. They pay, they paid something, but you'd be surprised how much they don't get paid. I know. The it's appearance like, fees for the, most of those shows are pretty nominal. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Especially Which, the competition ones. Yeah, it's like, you know, America's Got Talent or... Um, what they call X Factor now, because yeah. uh, you do, you have to pay your own way. So if you don't open a GoFundMe or have a sponsor, you're fucked. Oh yeah, you're not going. You yeah, don't you get gotta, through. You gotta foot the bill. Yeah, exactly. So That's, next time I got to go to America's Got Talent, maybe you'll foot the bill for me, bro. Yeah. You're like <laughs> Bob, be my sponsor. Yep. I'll go on Putting there. Together and, uh, like a gymnastics team. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, flying trapeze. I, I think I'm a little fat for a gymnastics team. We could. Uh, Don't sell yourself short, Bob. Do all floor routine. <laughs> I roll around on the floor. All floor routine. It's all floor routine. <laughs> well, I tried out the last time they came, but those sons of bitches now are ripping you off because all they're doing is bringing back past champions. Put the air quotes up, champions. And uh, you have to, you know, get through all that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's like The Voice, though. I mean, those people aren't on... They're not semi-pro. They're not amateur. They're professional singers. The, the chick that won the first season mm-hmm. was here the summer prior to that show on stage at the Warp Tour. Oh, yeah. So she was a professional musician already. A lot of them are professionals. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot of them are. Yeah. And that's, but it's just like, oh, yeah, being a professional, like, oh, this kind of pays my bills... I, I yeah. you know, and like, uh, you know, getting on a television show that will give you international recognition, yeah. I think is, you know, still beneficial for a lot of people. Who that's are true. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, Somebody's gonna pick up your YouTube channel. Look for you on YouTube and pick up your channel if you, you know, something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, they, if they're savvy enough. Well, to exposure for is exposure yeah. for for people who are trying to break into the industry or yeah, whatever. That's true. I imagine, you know. Okay. I don't know. I've never tried to be a superstar, so I don't really know. Yeah. The only thing I've ever done is sniff my fingers after I stick in my armpits. Yeah. So that's about all I've done. That's talent. That's <laughs> talent. Don't <laughs> oh, <laughs> Superstar. So. Yeah. So. So the idea tonight is to, to revisit symbiosis. Well, symbiosis, it's always a useful concept. Yeah. I don't think and, you can ever... And the things that may, that we feel dismantle the opportunity for symbiotic relationships or life or things to that nature. So, I'm sure this will be a nice, long, rambling, meandering evening. And that's great. <laughs> Um, the first thing that popped to, into my head, though, was the um, the idea that uh, this concept of, of uh, symbiotic relationships 
is kind of universally applicable. This isn't a, you know, any kind of political thing, although I would hope that the concept serves to help bridge political ideologies and bring people together, you know, who may, you know, otherwise feel as opponents. You know? Yeah. So, I, uh, I think it's a it's a concept that, on its surface, seems soft, right? I think most people who who have a certain set of beliefs or ideas, no matter no matter in what regard we're speaking to, whether it's like oh, I have a set of political ideals or I have a set of ideals about how I want to raise my child or yeah, whatever. Uh, I think when you start to talk about like finding common ground and building a symbiotic relationship um, based on that common ground and how people with disparate different ideas and opinions can still find common ground, agree, and build you know a, a mutually beneficial society. Yeah. Even though they they may disagree about particular things you can still come together and build a society that allows individuals to disagree because the right of individuals to disagree is, is fundamentally important, right? And that, I mean, there's no getting around that. We're, the goal in society is not to create a society where everyone thinks and feels the same. The goal, or that should be, I guess, oddly enough, a lot of the way some of the ideological bents now seem, especially on the extreme right or the extreme left, would be that we're trying to create a world where everyone thinks like I do, and that's not well, that's, good. Yeah, that's not. That's not that's and and on top of that, it's not practical. Well, that's what that's one of the things that propelled Jordan Peterson into the light of of with YouTube fame was that he went to Channel Four in Britain, in London, and did the interview, and the lady was grilling him. Yeah. And she says, so you have the right to offend me with your conversation? He says, well, you can't have conversation with the thought or the idea of not offending people. He says, you're asking me, you're grilling me pretty hard, and it's, it, don't you think that's kind of offensive to me? And it shut her down. Yeah. Because then she realized, oh, well, I'm railing against you for offending people, but at the same time, I'm offending you? This is the thing. She, it's just like, yeah. you know, like... You may find you may disagree with what somebody says, right? Yeah. Simply because you disagree with what they're saying does not mean that it's offensive. Yeah. Even if they say something that that you know disagrees with your personal belief about uh, you know gender or sexuality or any of these more politically socially charged issues, Which still doesn't mean that they're. It's one. It doesn't mean that anything they say is is offensive. Yeah. Two. It doesn't, just because you're offended doesn't mean that what somebody said was offensive. Um, and regardless, even if what they did say was offensive, some that happens. Sometimes that happens. I I don't want that. I don't want the things that I say to make people feel to honestly to feel badly, you know, to feel negatively about themselves or to feel like yeah. like they were insulted. But I don't. I also don't have a desire to significantly modify what I'm saying if I believe that it's something important to speak on. I don't have a desire to modify that simply to avoid hurting someone's feelings. 
Now, yeah. if I if there's something that is incongruent with my idea, or there's something that doesn't make sense, or something that, that could be stated better, or could be stated differently to better efficacy, well then absolutely, I want to change that. Yeah. But... Well, it's like the example when the young man was sure tattooed, mm -hmm. and, and he's African American, and I'm talking about to kill a mockingbird and wanted to do, still wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I feel like I have to edit myself and edit the book because how people may react to my proper use of the words in the book, which include the N-word. Mm -hmm. And he said, he looked me right in the face, completely sober and straight faced and said, no, don't do it. Say it. Yeah. Say whatever you need to say about it. Like yeah. it's, and that's, you know, that's my, my buddy Matt, like he's a good dude and he's not. He's just not like bent up in the head. He's he's concerned with ha how somebody thinks and feels. Not could I possibly find offense with this phrase? But yeah. What what are they actually trying to communicate? Are they saying that they hate black people and and that are they using these horrible derogatory slurs because they're an aggressive racist? Or are they using the N word in relation to this particular book? and quotes from the book yeah you know what are we trying to do here what's the goal what's the end right yeah. and that's that's got to be one of the most important questions anytime anytime you're looking at or listening to somebody say something and, and you think that like maybe that's bothering me maybe i'm getting some twinges of something or other maybe i am offended well, well first of all try to understand what they're saying not just a couple of the words that they're saying but try to understand the overarching concept. Well, when of I what when I saying. if if I read those and quote those phrases correctly in the book, sure, I'd hope that there's a level of offense you feel because the word's offensive. Well, it is offensive, but at the same time, though, it's, it's historically it's historical in the way she used it mm -hmm. for the timeline she wrote for because mm -hmm. the book was released in 1960, but she wrote about the 1930s. Yep, and it is also educational in the fact that when Scout said the word to her father. Her father said, hey, that's common. Don't use that word. It's Which common. Is, and at she the time, says, when you say that, yeah. people may not know. But yeah, that, she that says, means well, it's, a, it's a shitty thing to say. Yeah, she says everybody in school says it. She goes, well, now there'll be one less. Yeah. So it's the whole idea of growth. It was a growth. Yeah. It's a growth way. It's, yeah. She's grabbing you by the nose and saying, hey, look, here's, what was, here's how it works. And this is what it really is. It's common. It's not. It's a. It's offensive at the fact that it's common in the way you use it mm -hmm. and it's unnecessary be one less person will use that word that's exactly what that said to me mm -hmm. so and that's that's a perfect example now do i think that, like you know you, you've got it's significantly more important to pay strict attention <laughs> to what somebody is saying the overarching concept of what they're trying to communicate, not to be distracted by this individual word or that individual word. And that's, you know, I mean, that's what that boils down to for me. Yeah. It's like, what what's the concept that's being stated? Is the concept offensive? Right. Are you using this word that people consider offensive? Why are you using it? Right. The why is, is, is as important, more important. You know. Well, it's like the Ricky Gervais thing this this last week of the Golden Globes. You've seen uh -huh. that, right? Uh -huh. Okay, so 
this is going to be beating a dead horse because most everybody's like, but and I, and I respect I you. Fuck I respect <laughs> it. And, um, you don't keep up with that kind of stuff, and that's cool. I like yeah. it. But um, basically got up. He's leading the goal. He's the host for the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. He basically says, uh, I came here in a limo with the license. The license plate on it was made by Felicity Huffman, who went to prison for like four days for some college scandal with over money and paying for her child to have a cheater for the SATs and stuff like that, okay? okay. So he, because she was in prison, he said he she made, made her like yeah, he made her she yeah. made his license plate number for the car using. Yeah. And then he made it he cracked on him about Epstein. Yeah. He says um. he says um, he said something about something didn't kill itself like Epstein. <laughs> and uh, he says, Don't he says and the crowd goes, Oh he goes, Stop it, you all you are all his friends. Knock it off. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and then uh, uh, what's his name? Ronin something. He says he talked about the movie executives, you know, and Harvey Weinstein. Uh-huh. Ronan Farrow says you're all worried that Ronan Farrow's coming coming after you, and the crowd went oh again, and he kind of cracked on the back. It's like hey, it's a joke, folks. This is just you know this is humor, this is comedy, and uh, so he, and then he said, look, I don't want you to come up here and make a political statement when you get your award. Come up here, thank your agent, thank your God, and get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> right. So that's what he did, and that he, and everybody was all offended, you know, and or acted offended. The most most of everything I saw was praising him, because you know the far even the people from the middle right to the far right have been praising him because of his sandbagging the woke people. Which is so funny because he's one of the like he's definitely like a real like left leaning kind of yeah kind of kind of a a, I don't know how I want to say this he's a liberal person he's liberal but that's not I know I know a lot of people who are liberal and who are atheists but he's a little it's it's like liberal with blinders on. Is the type of liberal okay. that he is. He's, he's liberal with a whole lot of blinders on. Let's let me give you an example yeah. of his sense of humor mm. for those people who aren't familiar with Ricky Gervais. Jerry Seinfeld has a car on a show on Netflix called Comedians mm-hmm. in Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah, yeah. And Ricky it's Gervais a had a two-part piece, and he tells a joke. He says a Jewish man who survived the Holocaust goes to heaven, and when he meets God, he says, "God, why did you let this happen?" He said, we suffered unbearably. And he says, well, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, wasn't, you know, I, I don't understand that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm sorry you suffered like that. But I don't see what that, you know, I don't see how you suffered that much. Oh. He go, and, the, and the Jewish man says to God, well, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> okay, uh. so it's a good joke for, because, you know, everybody cracks Jewish jokes in the, in the comedic, comic, comedic world, whether they're Jewish or not, yeah, yeah. right? But as an athe- as him being an atheist, he's actually making an atheistic statement that he feels is true. You see what I'm saying? That's funny. So it's so it's kind of a double-edged sword thing there. So um, did I think it was funny? I I did laugh because I get the I get the the idea of what his words mean, you know, and his idea behind why he feels that way. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, I still think that one of the best things he did in that monologue was seven minutes long. He said, Apple has a great, entered the TV race. They have The Morning Show. It's a great show about folks choosing to do the right things. It's based on the 
he didn't say this, but it's based on the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jennifer Anderson said it. Yeah. And um, he says, but, you know, Apple is, you know, a company that keeps sweatshops in, in, in uh, China. Sure. So he says, all you actors work for Amazon or Apple or... You know these companies, mm -hmm. and 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 then he said that you know you have, but they have yeah, Apple has sweatshops in in uh, in China. Uh -huh. He goes, and the the crowd's like kind of rumbles, you know. He says, "Oh come, on, get off yeah. it! If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent." Yeah. So and that was one of the best things I think he said oh, on that, yeah. you know. So, but that's his and his his words. And after that, he's like. I'm gonna say what I want. Oh, yeah, you good. Can call me an asshole. And, and but good, I'm good for him. Right. And that's why I don't have like a problem like saying my opinion because he's a guy who's really opinionated and yeah. he has the same opinion like I do. This is my opinion. If you don't like it, you fuck off. Find right. there's a million other opinions you can listen to. Well, now, so now you have Dave Chappelle mm -hmm. and Bill Burr, mm -hmm. and now you have Ricky Gervais that you can still lean on for free speech because that's exactly what Gervais is worried about is free speech. Uh, and he should be. Anybody, everybody should yeah. be worried about free it's speech. A, it's that's a the that's, that's, my, that's my biggest concern yeah. right now. It's a because we all share. It's and it's one that's probably the most threatened that it's been in the last two hundred years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you, you're fucking, you're uh, you're up against it right now. Yeah. When it comes to uh, well, we're up against it right now. There may be somebody out there right now listening. Yeah, but I don't give a shit. I know, and I it's care. not illegal, and that's the point. Yeah. Like. It's perfectly legal. I can offend somebody. I can say whatever horrible things if I wanted to say them, which I don't. Like, but I can do that, and it's and it's protected by uh, U.S. free speech laws. Yeah, the and, Constitution. Um, but if I wanted to state my opinion on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any of these other large social media platforms, you know, now I'm subject to their terms and services agreement, and. Those are significantly stricter when it comes to speech. They do not adhere to US right. free speech laws. I, I don't think it's that, becoming very problematic. Yeah, it, in Britain, Canada is becoming the same way um, because that's what the whole started. The whole thing with Jordan Peterson was the being compelled for oh yeah uh, transgender pronouns like, or non-binary yeah, pronouns. Yeah, like you have to use the, the correct yeah. pronoun or it's against the law. Yeah, or you're fined or whatever. And yeah, he like, says, I don't think that. you shouldn't compel people. No, you it can't. Should be, that should be something you choose to do on your own. Yeah, you should do that because you're a polite, considerate, loving person. Yeah. Not because you're required by well, law. And I would hope that people realize that people like me who... I don't necessarily... I think you have the right to do what you want to do. I may not agree, I may not agree with you. Yeah, but your personal agreement is very different than like right. you have the right to do that. Right. It's fa fair is fair. I do what I want, you do what you but want. But I, I know I know a few things. One, it's none of my business. Yeah. Two, who am I to judge you? Yeah. If you're out there living your life, and like we talked about Jade a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. you're, you're out there hacking your life out every day. I have no right or business to talk to you and not and to disrespect you because I hold a different view than you do or I, I might not agree how you're living your life. Mm -hmm. It's none of my fucking business, you know? It's just like, I don't want to say I'm big by people in my religion, but when I got my tattoos, some people literally quit speaking to me that I had known for years because they didn't agree with my choice. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But I've run into one or two of those people since then 
And since I've moved out of that area of where that ward was, they're friendly to me and they say hi and we have a conversation. And they've forgotten all about it because they realized, oh, he's moving on with his life. Mm-hmm. He's he doesn't just living his life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. They cared more than you did. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what the bottom line is? It's really none of my business what you think of me. Well, I don't care. That's the biggest thing is like, it isn't really my business. And on top of that, like, doesn't yeah. matter to me. You know who I care? Like, who I care what they think about me? Like, my wife, my daughter, the people here who, who work for me, yeah. work with me, you know, the guys at the shop, all these yeah. guys, you know, my me. friend, you, you know, people, <laughs> people that I care about. You know, and I care about their opinion of me because I care about them. You know, that, that, that it, and that's the, that is the why, and that's also the extent of how much I care about their opinion of me. I care about your opinion of me as an extension of the fact that I care about you. Right. And that's it. And I don't care about, I care about every, I care about every single living human being on the planet. But you have a a specific, but you have a sphere. I have a sphere, and everyone does, right? And you know, but I don't. Yeah. Did you watch the video from the the guy that talked about the whole? After we talked about the whole, um, being kind, ruining the world. Did it, I sent you that in, in Messenger? Oh, I realized that I had already watched part of, or one of those guys or that guy talk about that. Yeah. And I, he wasn't as much like. What I uh, he wasn't talking about like so much like being like kind or loving. Yeah, and, it was more about respectful as much as he was talking about how we've taken the barry all the barriers for entry away. So like we've made society too soft. We've made childhood too soft. Yes. And basically things are too easy for people. So which is very different than everyone's too nice. Everyone's too yes. kind. Yes. Um, because. I, I don't agree with that. I think you can well, always be more kind, more loving, more respectful. Right. But what he was saying was more along the lines of, I think we've made it too easy. I think we are giving out too many participation trophies. I yes. think that kids aren't experiencing enough um, challenge and thereby and therefore they're not stimulated enough in childhood. They're not developing as well as they could. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. You know. So it was just a misunderstanding. Well, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, completely. Of what, uh, it, but you know what? I that really I didn't find. I found some of his conversation with Jimmy Dore a little hopeless because he did because he didn't really have a lot to say about how to fix it. Who was that? Was it? Um... I don't remember his name. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I can see his face. Never forget a face for the most part. Yeah. Um, it should be in your messenger. Um, but, I, you know, but at the same time, though, he made great points about the fact, and it made me aware that with my own daughter, who's going to be 11 months this Saturday, Sunday, that I need to make sure that I, I'm, I need to pick up a book and read for her. Like last night, I got my guitar out. And I let her strum it. I held it on my, you know, on my leg, up, upright, and held it on my lap. And she strummed the strings and plucked the strings. And mm-hmm. and then I, I want her to be aware of her surroundings and what. Well, I, I don't want her to be like me. I want her to understand me and what makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. And then she can make her own decision what to do between her mother and I, who really are two different people. So, and she's gonna have. Well, I, I'm gonna brag a little. I think she got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You know. Uptight conservative and a little bit more freaky, free thinking liberal. 
<laughs> yeah, because my wife's so uptight, so. Yeah, she's the uptight conservative. Yeah, so rumor she has a bunghole, so. Yeah. Never farts. No? Yeah. Yeah. It's not rumors. This is a confirmable yeah. fact. Pops <laughs> showed me like three different pictures where I was like absolutely amazed. Where's my like, shovel? No fucking butthole. Well, where's my shovel? Let's dig this hole a little deeper. <laughs> I'll dig my own hole, honey. Uh, and go stand and wait for you to hit me with a club. <laughs> or hit me in the head with an axe. <laughs> Come on, man. It's like the dream of all, all women born in the U.S. To be born without a butthole. Maybe. Actually, no. That sounds fucking horrible. That sounds, yeah. that sounds fucking terrible. It's what like, are you guys... What the fuck's going on? Well, it's like the lady who came in here and Johnny was tattooing her. and She was talking about being on one of the, the dating sites. The mm -hmm. guy asked her right off if she liked anal. Oh, jeez, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like, what the what, fuck? What, that's not a fucking opener. Yeah, well, neither is a picture of your penis. <laughs> no, but apparently that's, like, the way that it's gone. This is the thing, yeah. like, I've, I realized, like, I've, <clears throat> I turned into, like, an old man without paying attention. Like, I've been married for fucking almost ten years. I've been, yeah. And I, like... All of a sudden you feel like a prude. Well, no, I'm just like, what are we... People are doing this now. They're just randomly sending each other like dick pics and fucking first message on a dating app is like you're into fucking feet shit, you know? Like yeah. you into fuck, you into fucking piss. You like you to have your toes. You into fucking yellow showers. Like <laughs> you into fucking scat porn. Like what you know? Like just like what the fuck is going on, man? Well, remember what we told her. Oh. You remember what I said to her when she said that? Uh -uh, no. I said, will you tell him? Yeah, I enjoy pinning a man every once in a while. Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> Peggy and a man. I said pinning. Because that's what they said. One of the stories I saw about uh, transphobia suggested mm -hmm. that a man let his wife stick things in his butt so he'd understand transphobia. His, trans, his transphobia or homophobia. I don't understand. I didn't understand it either, but that's what they said. I mean, I'll be the... F I'll, uh, maybe not the first, but I'll be the first on this podcast to be like, hey, I've... But I, I'm a weird dude. I cram things in my ass all, all day long, you know. But like <laughs> I, uh, I don't understand that yeah. statement. Like, what does having my wife like fuck me with a strap on or cram this fucking beer bottle in my ass? Like, what does that do? Or a light bulb, so your colon can have a great idea. No, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. If you're listening and you're into that shit. That's a, and you that's think this a, sounds funny? Don't fucking do it. That's an episode from Scrubs. Light bulbs are not anything that should be near any orifice of the body. Yes, I agree. I agree. It was an episode of Scrubs. Oh. One of the, the hospital, the, the board of directors' kid was, he stuck a light bulb up his ass. And, Woo! And they had a, a picture of the x-ray to show the light, literally show the, the light bulb. And they were talking about how to bring it out, how to, you know. One guy was like, well, if we grab his arms and his legs and shake him like a rug, it should pop out. Plan. Not a good plan. Good it was plan. funny though, because that's what they said. Well, he's either got a light bulb, a, a bulb up his ass, or he's, his colon's got a great idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'm not into butt stuff. Bro. I don't get it though. I, what, yeah, what, I, what? What does that do though? Because I'm now I'm real curious about this. Like, one who's supposed it? to make you empathetic towards the process of gay sex. I, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if that was the idea, the premise. I didn't. That was something that somebody had said on the internet, and I was like, okay, I don't want to watch this anymore because I'm not a butt. Now guy. I really want to watch it because it's hilarious. I, and like I overstated for because it's fun. I mean, I don't cram things in my ass every day because like I just <laughs> well every day. I mean, who wants 
You know, so I guess some people do that, but like, it's a little much. I like to, you know what I mean? I like to save that shit in reserve, like, you know. Special occasions, Christmas, yeah, well, Easter. Well, you know, maybe a little more often than that. But like, you know, it's, you can't, the, the fucking new, the new car smell starts to wear off of the fucking butt play if you do it too often, that's all. At least right. for me, you know. All right, well, so, good night. Hey, take, take care. care, guys. Still really glad my parents don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's what I'm wondering say. how to put the new car smell back on your butt play. Cut back. Just cut back. <laughs> or reduce the size of your toys. Now I can see this. It's going to say when I, when I post this, it's going to say symbiosis, a little bit Ricky J. Reyes because every other motherfucker has, and butt stuff. And butt stuff. <laughs> you know, mostly butt stuff. Yeah. But no, that's such an odd thing. I mean, I don't know that there's anyone. First of all, anybody who's going to be open enough to be like, you know what, I, I really need to empathize more with the plight of the homosexual man. Honey, will you come me give out. me a good pegging? Yeah. Like, that will guy... You, will you stand on my prostate? That guy is, is already, like, head and shoulders more empathetic than your average bear. Like, right. he already has significantly better understanding. Well, it's like, you're not reaching any, that's all I'm saying, is like, you're not really reaching well, anybody by like saying let's, like, let's, let's, my question is this, do I really have to do something to myself to understand that you're a human being, that you have the right to do what you no, want to do yourself? No, it's a silly thing anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm still talking about it, because yeah. I find it so ridiculous. Yeah. But it's just all this sociology stuff that they're trying to bend out, you know, it's like, Biology yeah, isn't biology anymore, you know, things like that. So they change; they're changing the rules, and and they all wanted to do it in the name of equality and things like that. And great not equality, equality is not cool anymore. It's equity. Okay, okay, I, I stand corrected. I apologize. Because I'm down. I like equality. But that's I like the idea. Of the, I like equality. I, that's what I owe for is like true, like one-to-one equality for all human beings. Well, I've but always not. Equity, equality yeah. of opportunity. See, then that changes not things for me. Equality of outcome. That 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 changes for things for me because when I was in the army, I had a, a really intelligent man say something. I said, "Well, you know, it's kind of you know we, we wouldn't look at fair, you know." And he says, "No, no." He says, "Nothing in life is fair. There's no book that's ever been written. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Quran. It's not in the Buddha in Buddha's words. Life is not fair." But we can treat each other in an equitable fashion that helps us all respect and love each other. Mm. But you can, unfortunately, this evidently is something you can take too far as well. Well, yeah, well, and his, him saying that, like, oh, that's <coughs> not fair, yeah, well, no shit. Because that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, for anybody to say, like, well, you want equality, life's not fair. Like, no, you're missing the point. Of course life's not fair. The idea is that, no shit, life isn't fair. We understand that as human beings. Right. We're going to make sure that even though life just isn't fair, there's no way to possibly um, flatten all the hills and raise all the valleys and make everything even for everyone, and that would be a goddamn boring life for all of the people participating. Exactly. What we are able to do is to provide equality of opportunity. Not outcome. Not outcome. You can't provide equality of outcome. 
the outcome is the responsibility of the individual. The opportunity is the responsibility of the community, and that's the difference. Okay. The outcome is the responsibility right. of the individual. Right. The look for the opportunity is the responsibility of the collective. Right. And then it goes back to the universal not give you what you cannot get. That's my thinking on it anyway. Like okay. I, I, I'm all for equality for all humans. And Everybody's life should suck equally. Yeah. And, um, but I am in, I'm in no way, shape, or form a fan of, of uh, like, structured equity plans, etc. Yeah. Um, you can't level the playing field. Well, here's the problem with trying to level the playing field. If it fundamentally makes the problem that you're trying to correct significantly worse. Well, yeah. Because let's take a, let's take a simple, like small slice of the of the equity pie to look at and say, okay, well, the areas where we've been implementing measures to move this cross-section of society towards a more equitable position are these things, have they been affected? And I'd say, like, a, I think a good example of that would be um, affirmative action on college campuses. I think that's a... That's a good one to look at because there's so much statistical information on it, yeah. and it's it's so yeah it's so well researched and represented. Right. Well, Harvard just got sued over time something to that nature as well. Well, them not letting they Asians were actually they were actually discriminating against. Well, allegedly it's discriminating against Asians. Well, of course they are. It's not alleged. Right. Like this is well, the way. No, they no, lost. it's not. It's not I know. alleged. I know, this but is, they lost. And it's not a Harvard thing either. Right. This is the way affirmative action works in our country. It's not Harvard's fault that we've enacted affirmative action legislation. Right. Affirmative action says, oh, we need, we don't have as many of this particular nationality or race of people in post-secondary education. We have significantly less black people than we have Asians. We have significantly more Asians per capita than we have white Okay, well how do we even these odds so that we get an even percentage across the board per capita? The big, the big shining fucking star in the sky that was supposed to do that was this, this affirmative action concept. Um, and it, all that affirmative action does, as far as I can tell, is keep hardworking Asians out of good schools and allow access for people of other races who aren't as well represented in post-secondary education, access to education that they didn't actually earn. Yeah, because their scores weren't as good as those people who got rejected. Exactly. Yeah, it's not and more importantly, for every person who is of a minority race who does get into that college, now they have to wonder whether or not they earned it. And that's a big problem. 
because yeah, because it just adds to their victimization. It adds to ideals. your victimization mentality, and on top of that, it it, it tears down your self worth. You cannot build self worth and confidence while wondering whether you deserve the education that you're receiving. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So for every person who gets into school under affirmative action, if you go to Harvard and you ask a, you know, a Chinese kid, like, do you, you know, did you earn this spot? They can go, fuck yes, and then some. Because they know that their barrier for entry is higher than everyone else's. And but if you go and you ask a black person, like, did you learn this or is this an affirmative action thing? They have to answer, I don't know. Yeah. And that's a problem. That's fucking yeah. terrible. Well, because even if they did earn it, even if they had, even if their fucking shit would have blown everyone out of the water, yeah. they don't get a fucking say that, and they don't actually get to know. They can't go to the admissions office and say, hey, were my test scores and my extracurriculars good enough for me to get in here without affirmative action? And they're not able to answer them. They can't legally answer that question. And so those, the pe all of the people of any minority racial group are now left questioning whether or not they were an affirmative action hire. You know, they got in on affirmative action. Or whether they fucking blew everyone else out of the water, or you know whether they got yeah. in purely on their own credentials. Well, I know I know that the the group that was suing Harvard lost, and Harvard prevailed in the lawsuit. I know that. Mm -hmm. so that's what I was trying to say. So I don't know what. Um, you have the outcome. I think the already outcome's already made. It's already. They made sued them in regards to what? Though? To, to, to their their admissions practices mm -hmm. to discriminate what they call discriminate against Asians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure loads of people say all sorts of things about whether they think it's right or wrong, you yeah. know. Uh, and, you know, that's not to say that there are issues. That's not to say that there are things to fix. That's not to say that there are problems and drastic inequalities in this country. But you don't address the inequalities by creating more inequalities. That's in my, like, I, I don't understand that. If you would like to eventually have equality, true equality, you cannot get there by introducing more inequality. Right. It's not the way it works. You have to go and find the inequality that is already currently existing, and there's plenty of it, and you have to start fixing that inequality. But you don't take something that's already equal and make it unequal in the reverse way in hopes that we'll Correct. Two Something rights else. can make a wrong. Yeah. But we've all told and heard and said to every child that two rights never make a wrong. Yeah. So then why the fuck do we try to do it with yeah. things like this? Yeah. It makes no sense. Like the uh, the concept of affirmative action is something that I think was a an ill-conceived notion put forth by guilty white people. Well, I call that soft white... I, I call it soft liberal racism. Yeah. yeah it's extremely, and, that, and, that, and that's a reference to white people, racist. To white, white liberals who... It's like uh, this guy made this video of... Uh, he was talking about showing your ID to vote and mm -hmm. how people say, well, that's racist because 
So he went to L.A. He went to the West Coast out in L.A. Mm -hmm. and surveyed people in the street. Why do you think it's not equitable? Well, black people may not have access to the internet, or they don't have, they can't get to a DMV, or things like that. And then he, so then he went to Harlem, and he asked people for their ID if they had ID, uh -huh. and they're like, yeah. He goes, well, where'd you get that? Well, the DMV is just over here on right whatever there. street. Fucking yeah. Street. He goes, do you have the internet? She goes, yeah. He goes, well, where do you access the internet? Well, at work, work at my, my home, house, and, and I have my phone. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, and that's where I came up with the idea of soft liberal racism because yeah. it's just this idea that you you assume too much what about what other people have so I'll, so I'll give you an example of how this could work okay and maybe I'm just venting more than anything else but so I'm in training to learn how to do regular customer service from a sales from leaving a sales perspective mm -hmm. to a general customer service okay mm -hmm. so we have these coaches that we have this chat channel we go in and we say I need help and they, 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 so somebody will come into you with a, a single chat channel and you tell them what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the, the people that I type these questions to, if they don't ask clarifying questions, they will understand. And then they have this air of, well, you're stupid. Why are you asking that question in their answers? You know, and it's like, I've been here five years, okay? This is something I've never done in my job because my job doesn't include this. Mm -hmm. So for you to treat me like I'm stupid because you've done this a million times and I've never done it, that's not okay. So that's some of the thing that happens in in life that, well, just because you assume somebody has something or doesn't have something, doesn't make you, your thought doesn't make you right. That's what I'm trying to say. Your, your assumption, thought doesn't your make assumption you right. about yeah, your position exactly. does not make it so. It's and like, this, is con this is what I found to be almost universally true. You talk to a, a lot of these really progressive, um, seemingly progressive, I'll say in air quotes, because they're ass backwards, racist, fucking some of the most ridiculous fucking swamp water ideals that you could ever espouse wrapped up in fucking liberal clothing so progressive in strong air quotes yeah um so the, a lot of the proponents of some of these more progressive in air quotes and ideas are um People who don't know what the fuck is going on. It's usually like middle or upper middle class or young student Caucasians. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah, most of these really odd concepts we're discussing I haven't really heard espoused by the people that they seem to affect the most you know yeah I asked you know it just seems odd to me like I think it's a yeah I don't know I don't know exactly where I'm going with that except to say that like it just seems like a bunch of, a bunch of BS put forward by a bunch of people who don't have anything to do with it yeah 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 well, it's like, um, I don't know, um, if you have this idea um, and you think you can make a difference in the world with it, 
like, I mean, really, that's what we're doing here. We're trying to. My goal here, and, and well, was the idea. I'm sure that was the idea of the person yeah. who came up with affirmative action. They probably thought they yeah, had a great idea, hope. and they can give help. Give people hope. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I don't think that people have these ideas and implement them because they're idiots or because they're terrible people or because right. they're racist. Yeah. I think that they implement a racist idea like affirmative action because their heart is in the right place, but they were thinking with their heart and their heart only, and not thinking with their head as yeah. well as their heart. So they made an overly emotional decision. Basket full of good intentions. Yes. Which are actually rotten eggs. Yes. A basket full of good intentions smells like shit. Yes. I always tell, that's what I tell my wife. I, she'll say, I'll say something to her. She'll what do you mean? I'm like, never mind. It's just add it to my basket. Yeah. It's my good intention and I, it's fucked up. <laughs> you know? So... I got that when I was a kid between Elgin where I grew up in Elgin, Oregon and mm -hmm. the LaGrande, Oregon there's a little town called Imbler mm -hmm. and on the LaGrande side of Imbler when you drove through it there was a sign that says intentions are like eggs they go bad if unused yeah right and that's where I see the <laughs> idea of intent, good intentions you know a bag of a basket full of bad uh, good intentions mm -hmm. you know and you say you're right it smells like shit that's right. so <coughs> and that's that's not to crap on anyone I mean I've yeah. had I've had loads of baskets of really beautiful looking shit <laughs> Easter egg colored intentions and that but that is just to say that everybody does that you have to constantly yeah. be willing to check yourself and say just because this this solution, in quotes again, this solution makes me feel good. Just because I feel the best about this solution doesn't make it the best. Yeah. I have to be very careful about solutions that make me feel good. If you haven't bothered to understand all of the facets that caused this problem, whatever problem you're trying to sort out, if you haven't really spent a lot of time and energy trying to understand all of the many different facets that caused the problem to begin with, your whatever proposed solution that you feel very good about will probably be detrimental. I want you to feel good about whatever solution you want to propose, but more importantly than feeling good about the solution, I want you to know that it's a good solution because you've done the research and you've done the work and you've actually gone and tried to understand the causes of the problem that you're trying to address. And causes, I will say that plural, and it's important to un understand and remember that whatever problem you're trying to sort out in your own mind, whatever's on your heart, whatever, whatever burdens you that you think that you try to address to help out our society or your fellow man or your friends or whatever. Or just yourself, where you yourself, start. Whatever Where you is, need to start. Whatever it is. Yeah, start with yourself. Yeah. Whatever it is, It's, you've got to come at it and understand that whatever the solution is is going to be significantly more complicated than yep. you're thinking. So let's look at some of the things David Goggins has suggested, okay? He suggested an accountability mirror where you write things down that you can hold yourself accountable to. Ideas or goals, okay? The idea of rooting out and defining out what has caused you to not move forward in your life. The lies 
that are better that we've talked about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Which some of that is inspired by what David Goggins has said for me. Okay? And then there was one other thing. But the, the last thing I would say is the governor. Find the governor in your brain that has set you at your limit. If you can't find that governor of what keeps you, whether it's running or whatever you're doing, you have to find that governor. And that's what I've, I've been thinking. Find the governor, picking. find the limit switch. Yeah, the limit switch, the governor. you got to turn that off. You know, it's like the governor on an engine that, you know, your car could go so much faster. You'd be able to turn it. You yeah. have to under, have the understanding yeah. to turn it off strategically. Yeah. That's what I think. Because, like, there are some guys, and Goggins is probably one of them, you see guys around. I used to be a lot like that. I didn't, I knew the switch. It was on all the time. Yeah. And I was neurotic. And I would just, and that's not that great either. It's I can tell you, feeling. it's very, very, very challenging and hard. Yeah. You get a lot done. Everyone everyone tells you how hardworking you are and how productive you are and, and how your work ethic is crazy and how they just think that you're, you know what I mean? You get a lot of like accolades, but it fucking feels like shit. And it's actually not as productive. Although people who see it will think you're very productive, and you will feel very productive. Yeah. It is not as it is not as efficient. Is probably a, a more exacting word. It's not nearly as efficient to operate that way of attack, 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 over the top, over the top, kill every day. Right. You have to be able to do that 110 percent strategically and you have to be able to fucking set the cruise set the autopilot and understand that it's important to cruise because you know you're gonna have to fucking hit the overdrive switch at a certain point yeah whenever that is right and that's kind of the way that I've started to think about it just in the last year or so because all the rest of my life, I've always done it before, just like 110% all the time. And that just that just burns you out. That just means you're that just means that you're operating at like 30% efficiency 110% of the time. Yeah. Rather than going, oh, now I can operate at like 70 to 80% efficiency with 10% of the effort. Because right. that's the goal, right? Well, he you said, don't need 100% efficiency right. all the time. You just need moderate efficiency with little effort so that when you need maximum efficiency and maximum effort, yeah. you have that shit stored up. You have that shit in reserve in the tank. You have the energy, the, 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 the emotional and psychological fortitude. You've got that stored up in the gas tank. Yeah. But you also have a distinct um, strategic and technical understanding of how to fucking crank that shit up to 11. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, he says, what he always suggests is pick your goal and then increase it, you know, add, give yourself some time. It's like working out, you know, when mm -hmm. they say, if you're doing push-ups, do 10, next you do, do it for seven days, and then after seven days start doing 15, or, you know, increase it by 10%, you know? Yeah. So then, then pretty soon you're gonna be able to do those, that, it might take you a little, but pretty soon you're knocking out 100. Yeah. You know, it might take you several weeks. You know, maybe you're going to take longer to do 20. You know, I'm going to do 20 for two weeks, and I'm going to do 25. Or, but she says, pick a pick a goal range and pick a percent, 10 percent increase, increase it. And whatever you do, 
So it's like last night when I got my guitar out. Okay, I'm gonna tune my guitar and I'm gonna run my finger down the fretboard three or four times. And then I'm gonna let the harper play with it. So tonight when I get home, I'll actually strum some, run my finger down the fretboards you know, a little while. And next week I'll probably start playing chords again and strumming and then I'll move into strumming and singing together just to get my calluses back because they're freaking gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to progress back into it. I'm going to progress back into singing, which I know Autumn will really appreciate because she likes it when I sing to Harper. You know, and Harper, actually, when I when I have her sit on my on my stomach facing away from me, and she she's doing something, and if I the minute I start singing, for just a brief second or two, she stops, she freezes, and then she starts. <laughs> she starts swaying on my tummy you know, yeah. and starts and, it, and sometimes she'll actually start singing with me so and that's a cool feeling oh yeah so oh yeah that's one of my best memories is just is driving with my daughter in the, in the mountains up here like above uh, above Roby Creek listening just listening to the radio and singing with my kid Singing to each other, yeah. <laughs> I remember doing it with my boys. Yeah. You know, coming back from Ed or when we were driving them and playing something on the radio and just singing, you know. Paul really didn't sing much. I actually got Paul the karaoke for one night at the house. But it, we only did it once because I could tell he just hated it. <laughs> so I didn't make him do it again. But we had that was fun, you know. Maybe I'll get him to do it again when he comes back from the air. Shit. Karaoke, wanna... karaoke night. Yeah, we'll go down to the bar. The floor club. Yeah. When he comes back, we'll all have to go out maybe on a night you're not tattooed. Sure, you know, I'm totally down. It'll yeah. be fun. Um, yeah. I haven't, dude, I haven't gone out and done karaoke in quite some time. I haven't. I, I used to, Autumn and I used to go out quite a bit, hang out with my buddy Fred, and uh, we were going to Napa Bowl to karaoke, you know. Fred's actually more of an operatic singer. That's oh, funny. Okay. He sings Dracula. Uh-huh. Fucking awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> that operatic voice. Yeah. Dracula. <laughs> it's not like it's not like that, but I mean, I want I want to support Fred. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really want to start singing more, and so I need to make that commitment to myself and and start doing it. You know. Actually, I was thinking about in the garage. I could set up a spot in the garage where I could do it, you know? Yeah, you could. So, yeah, you got a picture. There's actually a guy on YouTube who has this fluffy white beard, and he he sings songs, and it's like... Well, there's songs where I wouldn't, I wouldn't sing. Like, he'd sing open arms. and I would sing open arms, but it's not... It's too high yeah. of a range for me right now. I might be able to get to there, but I don't know. Um, but I'm like, well, there's already a guy with a white fluffy beard, and... YouTube singing, and I thought, <laughs> who fucking cares? Why can't there be two? Uh, I'm sure you there can. <laughs> Maybe we'll like each other's page and share each other's shit, you know? <laughs> can you imagine if Bob Dylan had decided that there was already Somebody a, writing white, good haikus. a white guy playing guitar and yeah, singing, singing haikus? Music? Yeah. yeah. You got me there. All right. Well, I wanted to tell you one of the reasons what got me so... When I sent you that text this week about yeah, yeah. What, talking what about symbiosis, about? Um, so I don't know if we'll close this out on this or not, but so my wife and I watch Hell's Kitchen on Prime, 
-huh. It's unedited, right? Yeah, yeah. And in one of the seasons, well, I'm going to say the guy's name is Antoine. It's season 13. Okay. He's this Italian dude, right? Yeah. He sounds like this. Talks like this. Antoine, season 13. He talks like this. Yeah. So he's got moved to the women's team, and Chef Andy, who's worked her ass off, and she even talks about it in the se that season about how how hard she worked to get where she's at. She's unmarried in her 30s because she's committed to becoming a chef yeah, and working for chef. chef Ramsey, right? Yeah. And so he disrespects her in the kitchen. Is chef Ramsey or this other guy? No, this guy, Antoine. And yeah. so he just, she just rips him into an asshole. But he loves it. He's eating that shit up because he's passive aggressive. He's a he's a he's a punk, okay. And uh, so Autumn and I are sitting there on the couch watching it. She goes and she says, "Well, that's toxic masculinity." And I said, "Okay." And we had a little bit of a conversation about. It. Now, I don't want to. I'm not trying to disrespect, disrespect my wife and, and say that she's wrong, but we had a dis we dis had a differing opinion on it because what I see that phrase toxic masculinity, I see that tearing at the seams of symbiosis. Sure. Because when you go to the wiki, it says that, and this is where I, I left my papers at home, I meant to grab this point a bit. It says that the, in the wiki that it's not, the phrase toxic masculinity is not to try and disparage men or destroy men. No. It's designed to, it said they, they want you to be, you know, support your family and it's okay to excel at sports. And there was one other thing, right? But then you go down about two more paragraphs and it says, it's toxic masculinity includes self-reliance. Um, I know. Self-reliance, uh, extremism, or I don't remember everything. But basically what it said, and I, and I apologize because I forgot my paper. Basically what it says is it actually literally nullified the Pretty points it made up. about what it's not, what it's, what well, it's the problem with Wikipedia. Yeah. So like you read a Wikipedia article and that could be like, <laughs> 19 different people's things that they yeah. all wrote and so like but yeah but it, I but understand it, it, it all flowed together though it yeah. flowed too naturally together to see that some that different people wrote it well I mean I've definitely read some crazy fucking shit that's been published in the social sciences that's just like who the fuck <laughs> published this who the fuck published is this, this? Peer, what is this is this peer review yeah no yeah like we're so, like what the actual fuck yeah but um you know that's social sciences they're yeah. not, they don't count no, they're not real science but I, sorry I, guys no you but I, again i don't want i'm not trying to say beg my wife or say anything bad about my because i love my wife more than i could ever say sure no my so, wife this is an important concept because this is something that like my wife and i talk about quite a bit too yeah um but that's I what think that's the my phrase worry. toxic masculinity is one that just comes across not very well yeah. and it doesn't if you're if you don't if you know what it means what it, what it actually means then you or then but it's been so mislabeled and misused yeah. and mismatched and I have a term that I've heard a number of different lectures use that I think is more maybe it's more exacting it's more precise okay. and that is the Western male ego. Well, uh, you know, and actually, but, but let's let's just break it down a little more, if I can. Mm -hmm. I really think that the word 
masculinity and the word toxic together are polarizing. Okay. I think the word if it, you could say yeah. somebody's toxic, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, because if you're passive aggressive, you're toxic. Antoine, now he may have changed since then. It's been five or six years since that episode, okay, since that season. Yeah. He may have had something that said made him say, "Aha! I don't have to be passive aggressive." Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to because I don't want to make Antoine feel like if it, you know in the odd chance that for some reason that fucker. Oh, what the hell is that fucker saying? Huh? So, um, but what I'm saying is that no, you're fine. Um, the word toxic is great, but we don't have to have toxic femininity or toxic masculinity. You just have to recognize people are passive aggressive or just shitty. Because I asked Autumn, I said, so if a woman is that way, what do you call her? What do you call her? She says, well, a bitch or a cunt. Oh, I'm like, wait a minute, I could call anybody a bitch or cunt. Why isn't he a dick? Right. And, and I said, you could call anybody that. You, or you, you know, could be just a, a dick. Yeah. Like, you could just be yeah. a dick and she right. could be a bitch and we could just. Right. And the, you, Sorry, Dad. Oh, wait, we already <laughs> said that. Oh, that, that's exactly how things used to be fucking exactly. eight years ago. Exactly. Um, no, the. Yes, is it, is that, it, that what you're saying is... it is, control? Yeah, yeah. Is well, it control to make somebody shut them down? Well, it, yes. Yes. The problem it, is this. It's, it's, it's... Sorry, say what you're thinking. The problem is this. If somebody's racist and you walk up to them and say, you're a racist, they say, so what? If they're not racist, they're like, whoa, 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 I'm not racist. So somebody who's toxic, if there's toxic... If they're a masculine... If they have masculine toxicity in themselves... And you call them, say that well, your your masculine, your toxic masculinity is disturbing me, or however you say that. Yeah, however. They're you like verbalize it. Oh, well, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Oh. So all you're doing is you're making people who actually may be open to have a conversation with you about something they may say that's off color or an innocent s s sentence. You're you're actually shutting them down. Well, that's all this most of this type of talk does. Is it? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't get the hateful people to be less hateful. Yeah. It doesn't get the really like Perfect. racist people to be less racist. It doesn't get the sexist people to be less sexist. It doesn't get the transphobic people to be less transphobic. But what it does do is it takes the people who are just ignorant, and I don't mean this in any kind of negative or disparaging way. I'm ignorant in, in, in many regards. Every single person on the planet is ignorant in many regards. That just yes. means you don't know about this <laughs> specific set of things or information. So... You'll find people ignorant on any number of subjects. All I'm saying is that, like, when you... The only thing that all of this does is it makes people who are ignorant of what you find important. So if you... If, if, if trans issues are your thing, or, or uh, gay rights are your thing, or women's rights, or reproductive rights, or, or, or the, uh, you know... Um, uh, you know, the domestic economy is your thing, whatever it is, the, the only thing that you're doing with these, that people or the left or the, or the extreme the right. right does with these type of attacks uh, or these type of um, statements is to take people who would willingly educate themselves, who are actually interested in what you find important and what you think needs to change. And they're curious and they would want to ask questions and they want to educate themselves further and you make them feel like they can't do that.
Like there isn't a, like our society is not a society where it is safe for someone who is ignorant to ask questions about these types of issues. The people who are racist, you didn't help anything with them. But what you did do was you hurt the chances to educate people who are ignorant. Because now those ignorant people are nervous and scared of losing their job or, or being socially ostracized. Yeah. Because they might misspeak in their genuine interest to understand your point of view. Yeah. And that, 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 and if our goal, if the whole goal for this, you know, for this political movement, especially on the left, is to increase the empathy, the way that you increase the empathy is you get people to identify with you. No one's gonna fucking identify with you if they aren't first able to ask you questions and become less ignorant, become more educated. The more they can feel comfortable to ask questions and the more that they can understand and learn about your position and what you think is important, the more allies you're gonna have, allies. The more people that you're gonna have who are your allies, the more people you're gonna have who think that your social issue of choice is important because they felt comfortable and you took the time to educate them on why it is actually important. I don't, it just seems so counterintuitive to me that so many of these movements are like, just shitting in their own mouths, pissing on their own feet, like whatever you wanna call it, adding insult to injury, cutting off their nose despite their face, whatever turn of phrase you'd like to apply, that yeah. seems like that's a lot of what's going on. It's like, oh, I'm so offended, and consequently I will fucking ruin any of the chances I have at furthering my movement because I'm so offended. <laughs> like, okay, wouldn't you rather just dial your offense back and, like, become more, like, open and allow people who are curious to ask questions, thereby furthering your movement? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense, absolutely. It's like I saw a meme today that said, let's just send all the white nationalists to Iran. They can fight the Iranians, right? Something it was something like, that's not perfect. But I, I, I answered, I said, no, it won't work. Yeah. I said, because the Iranians and the white supremacists have some one thing in common. They're both Holocaust deniers. Yeah. The Iranians will open them, will welcome with open arms and use it to their benefit. That look at all these white white Americans that love us because yeah. and, and don't like President Trump because of whatever reason or and deny the Holocaust and hate Jews. Yeah. What good does it do? You know, and it's it, well, it was a like stupid that. thing. Like it's just like a fucking. It's just as dumb as that whole like bunch of Nazi <laughs> thing or a fucking. Do you like what they believe? No. Do I? No. I think no. it's really ignorant. But I also know for a fact that you're not going to get any Nazis to hate anybody any less by punching them in the face. Yep. Yep. Well, it's like, you know, right, if you had given Jeffrey Dahmer vegetable soup and made him put one eat men, yep. little, little gay Asian men, because yep. the majority were gay Asian. Well, yeah, it's good yeah. taste. <laughs> Get it, Bob? <laughs> oh, should we get home? No. That's so horrible. Okay, Jordan, our, that's our shitty pun. That's that's our that's uh that's our Ricky Gervais joke moment.
Because these, they were, I was watching a 60 minute piece in Australia uh-huh. on Ricky Gervais, or I listened to it on YouTube. And they were walking through a British um, graveyard, and one of those gravestones said, um, This guy died in his sleep. And he goes, Well, that can't be that bad. He goes, Well, what if he fell asleep on top of a pole and fell off? He died in his sleep. Yeah. Not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, so I know I got something in my throat. I apologize. No, yeah. the. Uh... Yeah, they, they, they still do one. yeah. That's, that's still once again dovetails quite nicely back into our our topic of symbiosis. But like, yeah, yeah, that's your point. What? Yeah, but all of these things, it all. Well, we're not the world. We talked about this last week. How you felt the world isn't really divided. No. You're right. We're, but we're divided at the symbiosis points of life that make it more difficult for us to live and grow together. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what that's what I that's why I wanted to do that today is cuz it's like what are the seams that we can sew back together? Sure. Absolutely. See, what, yeah. I mean where how can we yeah. quit tearing those seams? Uh-huh. Well, we can use the language, quit bastardizing the language or creating That'd phrases that are turn that turnkey phrases that that you know are more like a razor blade that runs down that seam. Yeah. You know, that's my point. It's like, yeah, we can acknowledge that people are toxic, but it doesn't matter what sex you are, because that's the correct word, male or female. You know, I mean, yeah. if you if you identify as anything else, that's still a well, sex. This is another really interesting <laughs> aside to this whole thing is that, like, on the one hand, the extreme left would declare that there are no difference between the genders down to the point of refusing the biological imperative. Right. You know, biology, all, you know, genetic information, etc. And that's what they would have everyone believe is that there's not any actual physical difference between a man and a woman right. other than their societal pressures placed on them, right? But then, this is the same ideological group that employs a phrase like toxic masculinity. And that begs the question, what is masculinity? Because if there's no difference, fundamentally, between you know from a you know between men and women it's all purely societally and culturally enforced norms then there is no masculinity there's no toxic masculinity now the way that i think they're referring to it and i personally agree with is that there are differences between men and women which is why the left uses the phrase toxic masculinity and it holds some meaning. Because otherwise it wouldn't hold any meaning. You'd be like, toxic what? What are you talking about? Toxic behavior? Which is just as useful of a word, let's be realistic. Yeah. You could just say toxic. You could just say toxic negative behavior. Yeah. Or toxic, or you could just say uh, overly aggressive behavior or passive aggressive behavior and you'd be 
more exacting in what you're speaking about. It'd be a more useful phrase. Yeah. But I think it's important to address the fact of the gendering of the term. So, on the one hand, your ideological group would have me believe that there is no difference between the sexes. But on the other hand, you would have me believe that there is a difference and you're using it to address certain behavioral issues. Toxic masculinity. I don't understand. Yeah? I don't get. Um, but the... I think that it's... I do think that it is... That it is important, though, and that there are distinct differences between the emotional traits that we would, you know, give to men or that we would, you know, call male attributes versus the emotional traits that we call female attributes. That's not to say that women can't have male emotional attributes and men can't have female emotional attributes. We, we have all of them. But to what proportion right. is, in general, what creates that I think kind of you're not male gonna, attitude or female attitude? Well, you can't attitude. bridge the gap between teaching somebody that it's okay to display feelings and emotions while telling them that if you don't feel this way, you're being toxic. You can't say to somebody, hey, look, your grandmother's of a generation that's going to tell you, well, big boys don't cry, mm -hmm. right? That's a that's a toxic idea in today's culture, sure. or the culture that they're trying to create for today. When your grandmother shouldn't be allowed to tell you that, and your child should be taught that it's okay by somebody else. I'll give you a good example, and I'm sorry, I haven't brought this up. Or just because that's what grandma thinks doesn't mean that that's how you have to live your fucking exactly, life. Maybe exactly. Exactly. Useful. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> now my son Paul listens to the podcast, okay? So, and I'm not trying. Here's my experience as a father with him, mm -hmm. and because it, it, it kind of crushed me, okay? Because okay? I'm not, I'm not necessarily an unemotional person. i even before Mary passed away, I wasn't afraid to cry at a movie if it made emotion. I might oh, yeah. hide, I might have hit it, but I still wasn't afraid to cry at a moment that was touching or yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's just who I am. I realize that, okay? Yeah. So, and I, I, my, I'm not saying my son has to be that way, okay? Because he's, he's he's his own man, and I respect my son immensely for what he's done. He's come a long ways in his life in the last, especially the last ten or eleven years, okay? But when he was a smaller boy, his mother's husband told him that men don't cry, and he definitely wanted to impress Doug, and so. Paul became closed off in that fashion. Kind of, yeah, kind and, of emotionally yeah, shut down. I mean, he, it's not that I, if I tell my son I love him, he tells me he loves me back. Sure. Okay? And I try to portray to him that it's okay to be a man and, and be loving, uh -huh. and for men to love each other. And, yeah. it's, and it's okay to say it. Yeah. Okay? I tell you I love you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I tell lots of men I love them. Yeah. Okay? So, um, but that's just not Paul's thing. But Paul's not toxic. He just, he just got an idea 
that wasn't necessarily valid for me, that he made it valid for himself. See what I'm saying? And of course, I'm his dad. I'm going to make excuses if that's or what at least I'm doing. at the time he did. You know right. what I mean? Like it. In the very least, you can say like, okay, this extremely impressionable boy yeah. was my son, was influenced by this, this uh, you know, paternal figure in his life, his stepdad, yeah. um, and and that that affected his ability to be in touch with his emotions at least up until this point. You know, it definitely shaped his emotional landscape. Yeah, and yeah, of course, I don't know that it's. Um, He's a funny boy. He's a funny young man. I, sorry, you're not a boy, son. You're a man. But. Yeah. It's a... It's a... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you know, grandma... You know, she might be... You know, all oh, big boys don't cry or this, that, or the other, or whatever. kind of, like... Try to let all that stuff, like, brush that shit off. Like, yeah. you know, my parents make say this, that, or the other, or is these other grandparents or other grandparents, they may say this or that, I don't particularly agree with, but she's at my goddamn house every day, you know what I mean? Like, if she turns out a certain way, like, it's just because of me, her, and God, you know? It's not because her grandma said something to her three times, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, are you talking to your kid? My dad, my dad and I, no, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> my dad and I used to talk all the time. At some yeah. point, my in my growing up, I got pissed at him and I quit talking to him as much. Mm -hmm. But you know, I used to talk to my dad all the time about everything. If I had a problem, I went to my dad. And, but even when I was angry, when I felt, I realized I was angry and quit talking to him because I felt well, I sandbagged him is what I did. Mm -hmm. Hey, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm like 11 years old. Like, where do babies come from? Knowing full well, babies. Knowing babies exactly. Come. Yeah. Where they come from. And um, and he. He, he, he honestly didn't. He honestly wasn't ready for that question. He honestly was say. not ready. Yeah, he he didn't even say, "Well, when a man loves a woman," he said, "Well, son, you know things happen and babies come." More or less is what he said. I mean, it's been fucking yeah. forty years. Sir. So, so what you was know, the problem with that answer? Or, yeah, you already knew. I already knew, but I was being an asshole because I was mad at him. Because I felt like his wife, his new wife, yeah. was more important to me. Oh. Well, then I grew to realize. Well, she was. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was. You know what? She That's was. Like, you know yes, why? Exactly. Because she is. That's yeah. What I tell my kids all I the moved, time. I grew up, and I moved the fuck away. Exactly. And the goal was to stay married. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not his wife. I'm you're not. His son. Yeah. I don't come between. That's what I tell my daughter. I love you. I love you more than anybody, except your mom. Except your mom. And I love your mom more. Yeah. Yes, she is more important to me than you. Yeah. And that's that is the way that it is. That's why a husband can say to a woman, hey, if this is if, if you're gonna have a baby and it's gonna kill you, the baby goes. Well, obviously, and most women would make that choice too. That's why that's a thing, you know, yeah. like that's even in the most like conservative of conservative states, they still provide abortion in the case where the mother's life is in danger. Well, uh, uh, in all fairness, not to be too, um, but the LDS churches actually considered pro-abortion because of their stance of abortion in case of rape, incest, and the life of the mother, the of the mother. are allowed, yeah. are okay. Yeah. Not necessarily allowed, but okay. Yeah. You know, we don't. They're not going to be like, oh, you're excommunicated because you had abortion because it might have killed your wife, your wife might have died, or your yeah. your baby might have killed you. Yeah. <coughs> and that actually gets the church some flack over that when it's really it's Whatever. why is that an unreasonable stance 
But anyway, let's not get off on an abortion here thing. We already had that oh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Live your life. Live your life. Be the best you. Make your bed. Clean your room. Sweep your sweep your sweep your driveway. You know. Let your you know show your neighbors you can live a, in a make your neighborhood part of your neighborhood clean. You know. Oh God! Don't look at my house, Bob. <laughs> Bob drives by my house every day. Every he's day. talking this shit, and he's like. Uh, thank God Jordan's not in a neighborhood. No. Because if he was, he'd be the if we shittiest were, house. If we were, then we'd probably smoke a lot of dope together because I would, you're too yeah. close. Be close. <laughs> be too we'd tempting. smoke a lot of pot together. We both have the shittiest yard, so maybe not Bob's, well, we but definitely I mine. Really don't I don't know what your yard is like. See, my front yard is a wood pile with a splitter and a bunch of weeds. And my backyard is, my backyard's actually pretty cool. Because it's got like the creek back there, and yeah. I built a dock on the creek. And, yeah. Well, and, we don't have uh, great grass. Our grass stuff. doesn't grow great. Yeah. So I, but I'm talking grows. about. I'm talking grassy, about. But. I'm talking about off your curb. Is there garbage in your curb on your on your sidewalk or in your yard? Just go out. You just go out and pick up garbage if the wind blows it in, right? You know. Yeah. Oh, that's that that paper yeah. sack doesn't need to be in the yard. I do that. Okay. I do pick up the garbage. That's what I'm talking about. Clean cleanliness. It doesn't have to be neat. Because I understand you think wasting water on your grass is a fucking waste. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about that. I mean, we don't have irrigation. We pay for that water off the tap. Mm -hmm. So in, in the summertime, my water bill goes up because we're watering the yard. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. I flood irrigate my backyard in the summer. That's it. Oh, see, I don't have access to irrigation. Yeah. On Demeyer, I didn't have flood. We paid $26 a, a year to the freaking uh, district. Don't have to do that now. I don't think you probably had irrigation. It's probably in uh, uh, escrow. The... Um, we have the big irrigation canal in the back, but a lot of times you'll find out that you have like water rights on your property, but like you don't actually have access to the irrigation canal for yeah. which you're paying water rights. Exactly. Which is problematic. Yeah. There's ways to get around that. There's ways to get access to your water, but it's always it's a bit yeah. The it's, water it's was troublesome. The water sure. was on the other side of. Or there's a T. Uh -huh. So Cloverdale and Dwyer crossed each other. Yeah, yeah. The canal literally is at Cloverdale and Dwyer under yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Under house. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have access. There was no outlet. Built in '81, they didn't put the access in. They didn't put that. Huh. And they do that all the time. Yep. That's the way it goes. Whoever buys a house gets the rights to the water. Yeah. So anyway, I freaking I have water rights at our place and. I have a like a canal, maybe like a big canal for a canal, you know, for a backyard canal, 10 feet across, you know, flowing through the backyard. It flows through my lot, not my lot backs up to it. I own property on both sides of the canal. Wow, that's interesting. And I have water rights. Old as fuck water rights. I went to pump water. Fucking canal guy comes by. You can't fucking have your pump in here. Yeah, I can. There's water rights right here. Here's paperwork for him. Oh no, that's not to access this canal. That's to access this other canal. And I was like, well, where, where is it? And he's like, you can't get to it. It's over here. This motherfucking canal that I supposedly have water rights to connects to the canal that flows through my backyard like a hundred feet away from my yard. So the canal that I have water rights to flows in to the canal that's in my backyard that I'm not allowed to pump from. Is it on what side of the road? What side of the of the of the house is it on? 
more the on the back behind, side behind the house in the back okay so it's not it's not on the flowing side it's it's on the side that causes the flow to come right it's downstream from you mm -hmm. or no i'm sorry that would be upstream that would be upstream i believe it's downstream but my point yeah is it's the same, same either canal. way if yeah. i have water rights and these waters run together and i pump water out of it the fuck are you complaining about yeah well fine i'll just run my pump and run some plugs through some run a pipe down <laughs> yeah right like no i mean if they got really shitty about it i'd just dig a big fucking french drain at the back by the canal and put in like a five or six feet of of sized aggregate and then put a fucking concrete pump basin on my property but then when the canal would fill up that water would drain out of the canal through the french drain into the concrete basin and i'd just pump out of that but I mean, they haven't been that cunty about it. The guy came by, has come by like once or twice in like eight years or nine years. So I don't care. But I just thought it was stupid. Yeah. Like, that sounds stupid. Letter of the law stuff, you know, where they're like, oh, no, 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 that's not your water. Your water is 40 feet that way. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, dude. 40 feet. I got Get 40 the feet fuck for you. out of here. I got 40 feet for you. Really? <laughs> Uh-oh. Look at the bubbers. 40 feet. You say hi to Bobby. Hey, bubbers. Oh. Hi, bubbers. All right, Bobby. Yes. Let's call it. Yeah. Well, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. This has been Shop Talks. Like, mm -hmm. share, subscribe, tell a friend. Tell your friends, baby. Tell your friends. Tell your parents, baby. Yeah. They'll be offended. Tell them anyway. <laughs> My mom always laughs. She says... I wouldn't listen to your show. I'm like, Mom, you don't want to listen. No, you don't. <laughs> anyway. Adios. Adios. Bye-bye.